Which would you prefer, a kiss or money? Everybody. Welcome to our second episode of Exploit It for this week, the show where we talk about exploitation and cult films. I'm Alexis Jowski. He used a voodoo doll on me one time, but I got better. Oh, that's good. I'm Kevin Neely. And this week we're talking about Don't Torture a Duckling, 1972, directed by Lucio Fulci. Oh, Voglio dipendere di nero. Perché quella è la fattura di morte. E le ho prese. E le ho passate da parte a parte con gli spilli. E questo bisogna farlo 13 volte mentre. mentre si dicono a voce alta le parole che bisogna dire per comandare i diavoli. Tredici diavoli entrano così nel corpo di uno. Dalla bocca e dopo lui fa tutto. Uno chi? Uno qualunque, maschio o femmina. Il fatto nuovo è avvenuto poco fa. Sembra infatti che il padre del ragazzo abbia ricevuto una telefonata anonima sì, con la richiesta di una forte somma quale riscatto. I soldi o un bacio? Non sai che hanno ucciso un altro ragazzo? L'unica cosa certa è che loro adesso hanno di nuovo paura. Facevano tutte schifo. L'unico decente era quel paperino. (ride) 
This is our first Fulci movie. It is. And it's interesting because we picked uh, some Jalo rather than, you know, <laughs> Apocalypse or, or Zombies. Yeah, well, he's well known as a horror director with zombies and, you know, heavy gore effects. But that wasn't always the case. He's done a bunch of different genres. He did a ton of movies before this, like spaghetti westerns and whatnot. Didn't he do, like, the, like, one of those, like, uh, Read in the West. What, what I can't remember what those were called, but didn't he do one of those too? He did a movie called Massacre Time, which is like a really fucking good western. But he did. It's those uh, like basically coming out video movies for like a singer. I think he did one of those too. In the, oh yeah, he did. He the, did one of those 60s. musicals in for, the sixties. I think it, it wasn't for Rita Pavone. It was some other singer. But yeah, he did one of those in the sixties. So he actually has a very uh, broad filmography, which would be fun to explore more of his lesser-known uh, works, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. This was his first time really doing going going into gore and horror, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in fact, Fulci says, like, it's pers- – well, said. He's passed away now, but he said that this was, like, his personally his favorite movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Music – and this is by Riz Ortolani, the composer of Cannibal Holocaust, our very first episode, and a dozen That's other good. Italian movies. That's good. Yep. So before we get into the movie, you can find more of our episodes at exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. Tell your friends, leave a rating or whatever, or give us a duck emoji. Yes. Follow us on Instagram at Exploit a Podcast or on Twitter at Podcast Exploit. You can also join our Exploit It Discord server. We're on Discord. Just exploit it. Link is also on the website. Or you can contact us at exploititpodcast at gmail.com. So this movie begins with the hills and singing. It feels like a Ricola commercial. Yeah, so we're in southern Italy. Yeah. And it looks like rural southern Italy. This movie is rural southern Italy. Yeah, everything is everything is uh, steeped in the uh, in the juices of rural southern Italy. That yeah. did not come out the way I wanted it to, but I'm sticking <laughs> with it. This movie reeks of olive oil. <laughs> well, I mean, this is and superstition. <laughs> this movie is Italian AF. Oh yeah, and the movie change. The music becomes sinister, and we get this woman. Just digging as the title pops up, and she yeah, digs up like fingers bloody and beaten. Yeah, and she digs up some like children's bones. Yeah, they're 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 pretty clean. So this is a a body that has been there a while. Yeah, it's been there quite a while. That's a that is a uh, that is that's an opening. It's like here is a corpse of a baby. Yeah. You know, welcome to the movie, and we get the the mysterious like Ricola singing. Yeah, and then we get some kid standing on a nearby overpass watching, using his slingshot to kill a lizard. Yeah, 
This is kind of sadist. sadism. Definitely uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, my note here says that this motherfucker's tortured ducklings, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, look, it's one thing to, like, if you want to, if you were planning to, like, eat the lizard, shoot the lizard, you know, put it, roast it, and, like, eat it. At least it's not like, oh, I'm hungry. It's like, oh, okay, you're hunting, fine, whatever. But, like, he just does that for kicks, just because the lizard is there. Like, yeah. that's just that's just sadism. And this brat, probably about 12, 13 years old. Yeah, I think these are all, like, yeah, 11 to 13-year-old kids. They're, yeah. They're we only get a specific age on one of them where they say he's 12 years old. And that's roughly the age of these kids, though. Yeah, as this boy in particular, his name is Tonino, and he goes and meets his friend Michele and Bruno at church, and they're pretending to pray, but they're plotting mischief. Well, we don't talk about Bruno. Well, we're going to have to. Oh, it's a podcast. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, we get what my notes referred to as the thick hose. <laughs> oh, those ladies. Yeah. yeah. They're a little tick. It's true. They're road tripping. They're singing along, and uh, Tonino sees them, and that's when he like goes up to Michele and Bruno, and he's like, they're here, they're here. They're coming. What are they like? They're real whoppers. They've got huge tits like watermelons and huge rears. What are we waiting for? Come on! I mean, apparently they're into it. Yeah. Like, All right. And so the thick hose, they drive out to some house in the middle of the Nor- of nowhere to, to just go have some barn orgy. Yeah, but, they're, they're, they're sex workers. I mean. Yeah. But, but they still need to listen to their radio drama. Right. They're listening to, like, some soap opera on the radio. It's like, yeah, we're here to fuck, but we still got to listen to our shows. We need our stories. So, like, all these scenes are up. The background is just this fucking radio soap opera. And then we get this local... Well, my note says dimwit, but that's kind of mean. He He's a little slow. It's okay. Yeah. He's also a perv. Yeah, Gi- Giuseppe wants to spy on them, and he keeps trying to spy on them, and they they shut the windows. It's like you're not paying, to, you're not paying, so you can't watch. I'm like, oh, poor Giuseppe. And then at one point, they decide to let him watch, and they're like, "Hey, Giuseppe, watch the birdie disappear." As I guess he enters a woman. <laughs> yes, I'm assuming that's the implication. Yeah, and so the kids they 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 show up, and they're like, "Peeping Tom, we know what you're doing. You're gross, Giuseppe." And I'm like, you fucking kids, you were just about to do that yourself. Yeah, you were talking about how much you wanted to do this. So they, they, they throw rocks at Giuseppe and run off, and he's like, I'm going to kill all of you. Giuseppe. You want to see something magic? Then watch the birdie disappear. I'm not saying this to hurt you, but because I Ready. Hey, Giuseppe! Giuseppe's a big baby! Giuseppe's a big baby! Giuseppe's a big baby! You dirty boys, get out of here! Come and get it, you boys! can't even watch it! Come and get it! Come 
Which we cut to somebody playing with voodoo dolls. Yes. Which they are voodoo dolls of these boys. It's intercut to show which doll is which boy. Yep. That the voodoo, you know, whoever's doing this is stabbing them with pins and stuff. And then we get Michele comes home. I don't know if it's home though. Well, I think his whole family are like the house of the, the maids for this Patrizia woman. Yeah, maybe it's not their home, or maybe they're living. Yeah, they're, they're living maids, because the mom, well, she nags the shit out of Michaela, like, where have you been? What are you doing, you stupid-ass brat kid? Go ahead, take this orange juice up to Patrizia, who, I've seen this woman in other giallos, by the way. <laughs> this is her genre. This is her game. I mean, she she definitely looks like she fits into this genre. She's a horrible woman. Patrizia, not the actress. The actress it's, is Barbara yeah, Boucher. It's it's interesting because yeah, she's she's definitely flawed. Yeah, deeply she, flawed. She's just up there naked as hell, totally naked. It is her house. Yeah, in her and Michaela's like trying not to look, even though he wants to look. Obviously, he wants to look. Yeah, and she's pretty like, twenty-year-old girl over there. Yeah, and she's like, "Look at me," you know. Go on, see my labias and my nipples. Does me being naked upset you? How many girls have you been with, boy? And uh, she's like, would you like to go to bed with me, Michele? And he's like, yeah. And then the mom is like, Michele, come back downstairs. I'm like, thank God. Are you upset seeing a nude female? Well, no. I didn't think so. How many girls have you had? Hmm? I don't know. Lots. You liar. If you'd said one or two, I might have believed you. Ah, but lots is not true. You're just full of shit. Would you like to go to bed with me? I said, would you like to go to bed with me? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you would. Michele! Michele! You up there? Michele! Coming! Michele! Mom, I said I'm coming! I did not want to see a disgusting pedo scene happen in the middle of this movie. I think she was just teasing him the whole time. I don't know. She does this a couple times. This is how she gets off, by teasing pubescent boys. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking about. That's kind of... I'm honestly not sure what's worse. Like, actually following through with it or just constantly sexually abuse, Like, psychosexually abusing this poor kid. So, um, because of this scene, Lucio Fulci was actually arrested for child endangerment. And, yes, that's Italy. And he had to explain that, no, 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 they were shot totally separately. This kid never saw her naked. And that scene where she's taking the orange juice from him, that's uh, actually a dwarf stand-in. Wow. They got a, a little person to stand in for, uh, 
Michele and look at the naked lady. So what I think is interesting here, though, is uh, when Michele goes to leave, he stumbles and falls down on his face. Yeah. Which is the exact same thing Giuseppe did when he got caught. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't notice that. That's cute, though. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of the other kids, Bruno, is in the woods and he's being pursued by someone. And that's the end of Bruno. Because the next thing we get is a a reporter telling us that, oh, they've been looking for this missing Bruno for three days. The police, for some reason, in this region look a lot like just military. Oh, they do. Guessing that's in Italy. You have to remember, 1972, Italy hadn't been like a unified country for that long. Yeah, so... uh, Well under 100 years at this point. Maybe 40 years? Oh, yeah. Because Italy used to be just a bunch of different... Like I mean, they states, have basically. so many different, uh, I think dialect is unfair given how different some of these languages are from standard Italian. Um, it's not really, I mean, it is a country, but it's, it's a very diverse country. Yep. So we get Bruno's parents that are telling the police that they got a call about ransom on Bruno, but they don't have money. They're poor. They live in this fucking shack. Um, but the, the, the person calling for the ransom wants six million lira which sounds like a lot of money but yeah. i did a lot of back conversion <laughs> and it comes out to about 40 grand usd today 2024 yeah, that's still a lot of money for these poor people oh no it's a lot of money for a kid but usually when you kidnap a kid and try to ransom them it's not <laughs> 40 grand and so they gave directions of like you're gonna go to this this like abandoned abandoned foundry and drop the money in the fourth furnace don't tell anyone or i'll murder your son so i guess they get the money from someone because they deliver it maybe the cops front it yeah because the cops are there it's all a sting yep uh giuseppe shows up to get the ransom money and the police are like you're fucking busted and he's like oh no i just i, I was just looking around in furnaces and happened to find it <laughs> They're like, you murdered this 12-year-old kid, confess. And, like, they bring him through town. They give him this perp walk. And the whole town tries to, like, murder him. Yeah, there's no real due process in this small town. And we don't get, like, Giuseppe's confession. We just get the next day, and Giuseppe's like, dig there. And they dig up Bruno's body. And the parents are like, no! And Giuseppe's trying to say, like, I didn't do it. I, he was already dead when I found him. I just buried him. Yeah, and tried to extort the money. And tried to extort the money. That, that's not a good thing, Giuseppe. No, it, it is better than just killing the kid. It is better than killing the kid. Yeah, it's still a shitty thing to do. But it is a pretty fucking terrible thing to do. And then a priest arrives with a bunch of kids, and he makes the kids stand back while he goes, Bruno's last rites, like, right on the scene. Yeah. And we get the crazy woman that was digging up bones earlier in the movie, and she's got some intense music. She's hanging out here. The police are talking, and they're like, you know what? I don't think Giuseppe really killed that kid. You know, his confession is like a bunch of bullshit that's contradicting. And Giuseppe's just this poor little lawnmower man that would never hurt a soul. Meanwhile, that night, some woman goes out to do laundry at the well and finds Tonino's body. Yep. And goddamn, that effect of that dead, drowned kid is, is terrifying. Yes. So, it's important to note, at this point in the movie, there's not gore. No. Um, All we see of Bruno's body is just a hand. They they pull a hand up. 
<laughs> this corpse effects are pretty disturbing in and of themselves. Oh yeah, that that drowned kid is terrifying looking. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the police are like, okay, we're looking at a serial killer that that targets children, does not molest them, just murders them. I'm like, thank God for small favors. And we we get to we get a shot of somebody spitting on them voodoo dolls and burying them. Yep. And the reporter goes to talk to the priest that who works with the kids. And the priest is like, oh, see, the kids like me because I also play soccer. I love that my note here just says the priest seems sus. Oh, yeah, he seems sus, especially since he's like, look, there's a hoe. Yeah. And it's Patricia just like walking the streets. Well, and the priest is complaining about the same shit the TV host in Tenebrae is complaining about. Yeah. Well, he talks about liberalism and everything. And, like, we can't do anything about these women like Patricia, who we see, she basically flirts with a mechanic to get her car fixed. And then she goes and flirts with the priest. Yeah, she flirts with the priest. She's like, are you still celibate? Yeah, they let priests marry yet? No. Oh, well, let dang. me know if they do. <laughs> and then sees the reporter and it's like, oh. It's an... The reporter, by the way, is named Andrea. And it's a yeah. dude. It keeps throwing me off. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not an uncommon name in Italy. No. But she tells Andrea, it's like, hey, it's nice to see some new masculinity around here. Yeah, cause, you know, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. The pickings are kind of slim there in the town. And I noted here that the priest is named Don Alberto Alvalone. I'm sure we'll have more to say about him later. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he gives the backstory about Patrizia, like... Oh, she was born here. Her father is actually this wealthy dude from Milan, and uh, she had all kinds of drug scandals, so now her father's just confined her to this town. Yeah, she's basically here to detox. Yeah. And then we this get... is like sending Paris Hilton to like rehab, essentially. So then we get Michele, the last remaining kid. He's got a book, but he's like drawing naked ladies. Yep. And... He's eating cherries, and he uses the, the cherry pits to put boobs on these women he's drawing. Look, you use what tools you can. This is pre this is pre this is pre Pornhub. Yeah, you, you do what you can't. But so he gets a phone call that's like, "Are you alone? Can you sneak out and see me?" We, we're only getting McKelly's part though. Right. He's like, "Yeah, I, I I can sneak out. I can be right there." And then this is cuts right to Patrizia hanging up a phone. So, right. It looks like she's the one who was calling. Yeah. It's intentionally made it to look that way. We learn much later on that it wasn't, but... it's a red. That's a red herring. It's a big red herring. And so, you know, Kayleigh sneaks out in a thunderstorm. Uh, there's some dude walking through the woods, just hacking a path with a machete. But that's not our killer. He just goes on his way. Michele makes it to this clearing with this crucifix, and he's fixing his hair. He's smiling. Somebody just comes out of the bushes and kills him. Yep. Strangles him, like the other ones. Yeah. Next morning, the parents are sobbing because their kid's gone. The police are looking at Michele's artwork. Yeah, he was studying biology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was studying biology. <laughs> uh, the commissioner starts asking about Patrizia going out night alone, like they suspect Patrizia for a bit. Right. And then they they go out and they find the body. You know, it wasn't really that hidden. No. And yeah, they interview Patricia and she's like, oh no, I go out at night and I just drive my car around. It's how I take the edge off, you know, when I get the, the craving for my drugs. 
And so we know that she was just going out to, like, call a dealer or what? I don't know. Yeah, probably. So we get the black magic voodoo lady again, and she's like, aha, I've killed them all. You know, she's satisfied. She's buried the voodoo dolls. Her her mission's accomplished. Yeah. And we get the funeral for Michaela, and everyone's crying. Voodoo lady even goes to the funeral. And that's when, uh, is it the priest pointing out the the, the people to the reporter? Can't remember. Because he points out, like, oh, there's, you know, this woman, Malfina. Um, we don't like her, but we only put up with her because she's the priest's mom. Yeah, I don't think he was saying that. <laughs> yeah, and Malfina's got the uh, the little daughter. Yes, who's... Um, the priest. Deaf, yeah. Who's deaf and dumb. Yeah. And Mika- mute. Michaela's mom loses her shit and starts screaming at the funeral, like, The killer's here with us! I know it! And everybody fucking leaves. They run out. She's not wrong, incidentally. And we also get a name of the uh, the this voodoo lady, Maj- Majira. Is that her name? Hmm, I don't remember. Well, I have it written down. M-A-G-I-A-R-A. Majira. That's probably something. That's close. We don't speak Italian. And she gets the fuck out of there. And then the movie tells us, Fine primo tempo. End of first half. Right. And then it cuts, and it, we now go to Segundo Tempo, second half. Even though we're only 40 minutes through the, the 140 runtime. Right. Um, so somebody had filmed Majira fleeing from the church. Yeah, it pulls back to show that they're watching this like footage. Yeah. Which I love this transition. Oh, it's a great transition. And they're like, oh... Does just she's doing black magic, and they're like, "Well, not really. She she lives with Francesco. He really does black magic. She just crashes at his house sometimes, you know." And so they're gonna go visit Francesco, you know, to try and find Majara. And he's he's kind of kooky. He was the dude that was hacking his path in the woods with the machete that night. Um, and he's like, "Majara's not here. She she's been gone for like two weeks." And as the cops are leaving, we get a little bit of red herring stuff with Patrizia again. Yeah. Because they see her coming to visit Francesco, and they're like, hmm. And so the reporter's like, the, a large regiment of the state police have arrived to search for for what? Because there's no more missing children. Right. They are presumably the murderer. I don't know. So our main reporter, Andrea, he, he's interested in this Aurelia Avalone, the priest's mom. And, yeah, and they're like, yeah, nobody likes her, because, but she's the priest's mom. Um, oh, yeah, uh, an anonymous woman calls on the phone <clears throat> saying she knows where Majara is, and she wants justice. So the police go out with a fucking helicopter. I was surprised by the existence of a helicopter in this movie. Yeah. But Majara is, like, crazy as fuck living in the woods. And they find a cave where there's a child skeleton. And this scene is fucked up. Because they're like, wow, what's this child skeleton? Oh, that was Majaro and Francisco's murdered incest baby from 15 years ago. No, but don't worry about that. Natara's child, you think? Yes, hers and Francesco's. It happened 15 years ago, if that. When she was a girl, they brought her to Francesco because she had the devil in her. According to rumors in town, Francesco got rid of the devil. And in the process, got the poor kid pregnant. But I repeat, sir, it was only chatter. Because if there really was a child, nobody ever saw it. It could have been born dead. Others said it might have lived for a couple of years, and that she always kept it hidden away. 
Because it was the son of the devil. A natural assumption. Who established the paternity? Ignorance, Commissioner. That's what they say when a child is born deformed. You mean there was no investigation at the time into these matters then? No. No, there wasn't. I said these were rumors. We've got enough to investigate. Right. Like, what, what, what? This dude, they had an incest baby and killed it? Why wasn't there? Yeah, they have, <laughs> like, the town's police chief is very good at just trying to keep things in the, t- in the family, so to speak. Yeah. He's like, it's just rumors. No one knows anything. And the visiting detective is like, why didn't anybody investigate this? Ah, because it's them. And like, who fucking cares? Right. Because this is, this is Tinyville, Italy. Yeah, this is fucking Peyton Place, Italy. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, they, uh, that's just their, uh, their incest baby that was murdered. Don't worry about that. It's like, it's Innsmouth. It's fine. Yeah. They're all 50 people here. And so they do catch Majora, and they bring her in, and she's, she confesses. She's like, I murdered them. I put them to death. All, all those kids, I killed them. Um, and she explains why. It's because they'd found her, her incest baby's grave and dug it up. They defiled her incest baby grave, and that's why she, she's like, they need to die. Yeah, she went, Ivan Drago. I must break you. Yeah. And as they interview her more, they realize that all she did was voodoo. I told you I did it. Put me in jail, and that's it. No. How did you do it? I put them to death. I warned them. I said... I said... I'll break you! They shouldn't have done it. And they did. I told them not to. They asked for what they got. I gave it to them. But they asked for it. They went too far. I said, I'll break you. They shouldn't have. They, they, they asked for it. Death. The bastards! Like, she didn't actually physically kill these kids. She just voodooed them. And they're like, it turns, oh. it, it turns out wishing people to death not actually a crime. Yeah. And she explains that and everything. So the cops are like, "We gotta let her go." And the police, yeah, the uh, the the chief, the town, the town sheriff, t- chief, police chief, whatever, wants to detain her. Yeah, and probably I, for her own safety. Well, yeah, and, he explains uh, that, like, well, you know, unless we have the real killer, these people are gonna kill her. Yeah, the lead detective is like, "Let her go. She, we can't keep her here." And you know, they even got evidence that. The night that, like, Michele was murdered, Mijara was 13 miles away, getting busted for loitering. So, she's released the next morning, and, oh, this fucking scene is great. Yeah. The town still believes she killed them. Yeah, everybody she walks past spits. And she gets to this abandoned cemetery, and these guys come up with a car, and they turn on some rock music, and then... Yeah, pretty, pretty sick guitar riff. Oh, yeah, some sick guitar music. 
as they start to beat the shit out of her. And then the radio is like, let's change it up here. Here's this new romance song by so-and-so. And it's playing this, like, beautiful, soft romance song as they fucking... I've seen a lot of bad things. Things that make me mad. Your loving keeps me so heavy. It's got some nice practical effects. It's rough. Yeah, they hit her with the chain, and we see it rip the flesh off of her and everything. And she's yelling, like, why? I'm like, well, you did claim to kill those boys. I mean, you had to know you'd make enemies in the, of their families, right? Yeah, and then when the men leave, they leave her for dead. What I like- Yeah, they don't actually finish her. They just beat the shit out of her and, and walk out and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and when they leave, the romance music keeps going, though. And uh, she crawls up, you know, out of the cemetery, up the hill to the highway as she's dying. And she's, like, on the side of the road calling for help. And this car goes by with, like, this family on vacation. Yeah. And the parents see her, but they don't stop. Because, like, we got these kids. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't getting into fucking this. Yeah. And she dies. It's such a... This, se- this whole sequence of her being beaten and dying is just so well done. It is well done. Yeah. And the whole town is out there going like, yeah, she got what she deserved. Yeah, they don't care. And the commissioner's like, oh, God, I, I'm going to find who did this. And the, the local chief is like, yeah, you might as well arrest the whole fucking town, the man. <laughs> I'm like, you know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, randomly, Patrizia's in town and she meets this deaf, the, the deaf mute girl. She does play a mean pinball, though. Oh, yeah. And she's like, why Why are you carrying around this broken doll? Let me go buy you a new doll. And the little girl is immediately stranger danger, screaming. I mean, she can't really understand. She can't hear. Yeah. Um, but apparently she does buy a doll, though. She buys a, a Donald Duck. Yep. Yeah, and then we get Patrizia zooming around in her little fucking red buggy. Um, and... Okay, so there's these two young boys walking around. One of them is named Mario. I don't know what the other one was named. Luigi? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go with that. That's my headcanon. And Mario wants to go to the haunted house. It's not actually haunted. It's just, you know, where girls go to to do stuff. 
Yeah, it's a hookup spot. Yeah, there's there's a hole in the wall where the men can see it all. That's right. <laughs> so his friend is like, I'm going to go tell on you, Mario. You doing a bad thing. And he tells the priest. And the priest is like, you guys shouldn't be doing that. And the boy's like, I don't do it. Mario does it. Mario's the fucked up one here. I see the priest signal. Yeah. Don's like, you stay here. All of you, I'm going to go save Mario from the sin. And he hops on his bicycle. And so as Mario's walking along, he sees Patrizia. Patrizia's out there. She's got a flat tire. Yeah. And, of course, she's flirting with this boy because Patrizia's this fucking weird pedo woman. She's just bored. It's really what it comes down to it. She, he's like, she's like, you know how to change a tire? And the boy goes, let me have a jack. And I'm surprised Patrizia didn't go, oh, a hand job? Go ahead, kid. Yep. <laughs> She's like, I'll give you 2,000 lira. You know what that comes to? Not much. A dollar. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. And she goes, well, which would you prefer, a kiss or money? And the kid smiles all smug. Well, you know how to change a tire? Let me have a jack. <laughs> I'll give you 2,000 lira. All right? Which would you prefer, a kiss or money? Cut to him dead. Yep. This kid dead now. He, it, you know, he's been beaten and choked. His head's down in the river where he drowned. And they're like, oh, yep. Now the whole town knows it wasn't Majora. I hope they feel bad now. They don't. <laughs> Reporter Andrea is there and he finds a clue. He finds Patrizia's lighter. Yeah. And... When Patrizia gets home, obviously she's still got her tire changed by this boy. Yep. Andrea's there to return the lighter, going, Hey, I found your lighter where that woman was kid killed. Where that boy was killed, rather. Yep. And the police show up. They, 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 you know, Patrizia goes down to the police station and gives this whole story about, like, I needed, you know, I just drive around. And the commi- the, the detective is like, Okay, with given how much you drive, you would have needed to stop for gas a couple times. You know, because you're driving this tiny-ass little buggy with, like, a two-gallon tank. So, yeah, because he, he knows the, the distance she's claiming to have gone, the time period, and knows what kind of mileage she gets out of the tanks, and knows that there's two tanks, and this is the exact amount of times you'd have to... He, he, he's done his research. Yeah, and she's, she's like, okay, I went to a gas station, and I made a phone call... And I highlight about it because I was actually calling in to get some marijuana. Yeah, she was just getting some weed. Like, And they're like, well, what's your business with Francesco? She's like, I'm just into black magic, okay? Yeah, there's nothing to do in this fucking town. Yeah, she's bored. So she's trying to score some weed and find anything at all that's interesting. Yeah. And so um, she goes back to her house and tells Andrea, like, yeah, I... I told them everything except the fact that the boy changed my tire. And they're looking at a picture of Mario's grave, and there's a Donald Duck head on the grave. Yeah. And Andrea's like, oh, yeah, I found that, and I put it on the grave for a neat picture. She's like, but that's from the doll that I bought for that little girl. By the way, they're drinking J&B scotch this whole time. Oh, yeah. That good standard of the the Italian movies, that J&B scotch. Warms my heart. Yep. And so they uh they go to, to like maybe the little girl knows what's up. You know, at least something's happening if she's ripping the heads off of Donald Ducks. Yep. So 
they go and they uh and they find another doll head there too. Yeah, it's a doll graveyard. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "What if this girl?" And it's like right by where uh Tonino was murdered by the well. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, what if this little girl saw Tonino get strangled, and that's what she's doing to her dolls?" But you know, accidentally ripping their heads off. Right, she's not ripping the heads off; she's choking them, and the heads come off as a result of the yeah choking. And so they go tell the priest that, like, hey, your little girl witnessed these, your sister witnessed these murders and is ripping the heads off her dolls. So we we got to find out if you know what she knows. And there's J and B here too. We love some J and B. Yeah. Hey J and B, if you want to sponsor our show, no shit, I I'm down. I actually like your scotch. Yeah, please sponsor us, J and B. This would be the show to do it. We on. <laughs> right, we have nothing but love for J&B Scotch here. So, there's some suspicion that it's the, the mom that killed them. Right. And, you know, because old kids were from the church, they stole the, the priest's affection, and the jealous mom might murder them. Yeah, because there's a, a bit of things. The 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 hus- Her husband died. Yeah. And she and- may or may not have been involved. And then Patrizia gets a call from Don Alberto, the priest, saying, hey, my mom and sister have been missing. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to help you go look for them because they're convinced that the mom's off off to murder this kid. Right. That she's crazy. And we see, you know, Aurelia and the little girl going around this this climbing a mountain. Yeah, they're up in the hills. They're in the, the super boonies now. Yeah, and they, they get to some little rock hut, and she lies the girl down with a, a new Donald Duck doll. And then Don Alberto there is there, and Aurelia is like, no, no, leave her alone, and he knocks her ass out. Yeah, he beats the shit out of his own mom. Yeah, and that's right when Patricia and Andrea show up, and she's like, save her, he's, he's the killer, he's crazy, he's gonna kill that kid. So I figured this out about halfway through the movie, but... It, yeah. It's the priest thing. Yeah. Um, and the priest is like, she's going to go to paradise. She'll be with the angels. Blessed are the innocent ones. Where he, he basically, the murders he's been done doing, he believes he's saving these children. Bambina too will go to paradise, Mama. She will be with the angels in heaven. It's not for myself that I do this. It's for them. For all those blessed innocent ones. Nobody must stop me. I have to save them. They are my brothers, and I love them. Oh, they're descending into sin. Yeah, I have to send them to heaven before they have the opportunity to sin. And he's he's about to just chuck the little girl off the cliff. Yep. They try to talk him down. That doesn't work. And so there's a big fight scene. Yeah, Andrea's about to let him, like, gives him the chance to, just let me take him back. You know, it's uh, it's good that you got her. Yeah, I'll, I'll carry the child if you want. <laughs> yeah. Trying to, trying to give him the chance to just, like, basically walk away, pretend this never happened. Yeah. But, uh. But Priesty here just wants to wants to kill. Yeah, smacks the shit at Patricia. We get a fight where he, him and Andrea fight, and he manages to push Don Alberto off the cliff to his death. 
Yeah, I like this part because he's like, Andrea's hanging from the cliff, but uh, the priest tries to step on him and he just puts his hand up to hold his foot. And the and the priest can't hold his balance with one foot on the cliff edge and one foot on the guy's hand. And so he just pulls it away and he loses his balance and falls. I'm like, that's very clever. His plummet to his death. Because I thought, oh, okay. This is the most fulgy shit ever. Yeah, it's not that he just falls off the cliff and smashes his head. He scrapes his face on the rocks the whole time. And we just, just see... multiple times getting his face torn bit by bit from his face. I'm like, up to this point, there's been no gore in this movie. Like, <laughs> there's so much gore here. It's like Fulci just couldn't resist. His face is just being shredded by these rocks. And it's mixed with flashbacks of the of like the boys playing. Like, look, I, uh, I, I, I appreciate the practical <laughs> effects are amazing, but I'm laughing this entire time just because it's know. so ridiculous. Because we'll see like these boys playing soccer and going, "I must save them from sin," and then cut to this fucking shredded face <laughs> hitting rocks. It's, uh, <laughs> stuff getting torn, flayed from his skin. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm just like Jesus. It's so over the top. Eventually, he hits the bottom. It takes like five minutes. Yeah, it is very drawn out. It's like, <laughs> ah, there's the full chair. This is the reason. It's like, it's like, because I'm watching this movie, right? And I'm like, why is this rated? You know, it's like MTV, MA, MTV. I'm like, why? What's what's MA about? This is like a PG-13 at worst. And then this scene, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. By the time <laughs> he lands sense. at the bottom, he just a skeleton head, and uh. Resort Lonnie's Cannibal Holocaust music plays over this sudden. The movie just ends. Yep. He hits the the bottom and just boom, credits. Um, so because of its controversial storyline and criticisms of the Catholic Church, the movie was blacklisted through much of Europe. I mean, I appreciate the anti-religious message. Oh yeah. Um, it never even opened in the USA. In fact, it wasn't even until 2000 when Anchor Bay put out a dubbed version on DVD. That it was available in the United States. Wow. Yeah. It's good, too. Oh, this movie's so good. Even it's the heavy. ending. The ending is so over the top and laughable, but it's it's so good. It's grim. It, I don't think... It, it's not as... It's a little... Well, I don't know. I think because I watched Tenebrae, like, right before, a couple days before, and they had that, that dude, the Cristiano, already talking about, like, vice and sin and stuff, and, like... It already kind of put me on, like... And then this priest is literally talking the same sort of bullshit. Oh, like, so, so that's kind of what gave it away for you, then. Yeah, because there's a lot of thematic ties between the two. Yeah. But it's such a good movie. This is the, the finest it's coffee. It's excellent. It's well, it's well shot, and it's fun. I mean, it's it's great. I don't know. It's, it's just good. This, Interesting. This is the coffee that we have fed it to ducklings in the hills of Italy. Yes. It's passed to their, their digestive system, and now we, you can grind it in your fucking Keurig. Yeah, it's a uh, layered characters, like because Patricia ends up being one of the protagonists, right? Uh huh. She's kind of a, a weirdo, but I mean, you also kind of like, yeah, it is kind of fucking boring there. Oh well, this is like and, the fucking and no, and nobody likes her. Everyone thinks she's a whore. Yeah, well, it's a fucking Peyton Place drama town because you've got the drug addicted pedo woman. 
Yeah. Uh, you've got, you know, the whole scandal with the black magic incest baby that was murdered, and the town's like, yeah, that happened, okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird place, and it's got like complicated characters, complicated situation. There's a little commentary on the nature of Italy at the time because they have the detective that goes after they beat the beat the hell out of the the woman. They're like, yeah, you, you know, we can we can pave roads to the country, but we can't bring civilization everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's like very... until we stamp out all this ignorance. It's Oh, this movie's wonderful. It was a very good movie. So, next week we finally get shit again. We're doing. I mean, it, had, it was it, it was inevitable. We're doing mockbusters, and we're we're doing the uh, ninety three uh, Roger Corman produced ripoff of Jurassic Park called Carnosaur. <laughs> a mystery science theater episode. No, it's not. I it might be a riff tracks though. Oh, it might be a riff tracks. Um, I'd have to look up. I watched the movie yesterday, by the way. I'd never seen it. Well, no, I yeah. saw it in 1993, and I didn't remember it, and I was a kid then, and watching it t- yesterday, it's going to be a good episode. And we'll do another one that's a mockbuster as well. A more contemporary mockbuster. Yes. So we will catch you then, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.